The song we just sung was written anonymously in 1787. And those words back then still apply today in 2016. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith where? In his excellent word. What more can he say than the UAS said? What more can he say? You have the inherent, infallible word of the living God. What more can he say? You have the sure prophecies and promises of a never-failing God. What more can he say? You have the firm foundation of his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said? You have the Bible. You have the Holy Scriptures. You have the very words of God. This year, read them like you've never read them before. This year, obey them like you've never obeyed those verses before. This year, think on the Word of God. Memorize on the Word the word of God. Meditate upon the Word of God. Build your life on the foundation of His excellent Word. Every year, as long as I can remember, probably the last 20 years, I've read through the Bible. I grab a cup of coffee, I sit on my couch, and I take a pillow, and I place my Bible on my lap. That's just what I do every single morning. I use the same calendar we make available to you for free. It's, out, it's right out there. If you're, if you're a couple days behind in your Bible reading, grab it and start reading it. And you may say, well, why do you read through the Bible? Better question, why do you not? Why do you not read through the Bible? There, there is no book like the living Word of God. Let me give you a few reasons why. From one section of one psalm, it's Psalm 119. If you have the Holy Scriptures, I invite you to take them right now. If you, if you come in here without a Bible, we always have them available on the back table. So make sure you bring your Bible or, or grab one from the back table. Most of the verses will be up on the screen, but we encourage you. That's the textbook for life. Psalm 119, verse 129 through 136 is the section we'll be looking at. This is the longest of all the Psalms. Psalm 119 is 176 verses long. It's got 22 sections, eight verses in every single section. Traditionally, it's attributed to David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. Now, this psalm is an acrostic. Each section starts with one of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Today, we're going to look at the 17th letter, our, our Q, so to speak, of Psalm 119. Amazing thing, all 176 verses refer to God. All verses but five refer to the Word of God. And one of those five we'll look at this morning. I want you to read along with me. Psalm 119, verse 129. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul observes them. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth wide and panted, for I longed for your commandments. Turn to me, be gracious to me after your manner of those who love your name. Establish my footsteps, where? In your word. Do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of water, because they do not keep your law. Why the word? First, it's a supernatural wonder. That's what you hold in your hands if you're holding your Bible. It is a supernatural wonder. And these are God's testimonies, your testimonies, not man's, but God. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is inspired by who? By God. 
profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. 2 Peter 1.21, no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And these testimonies, are, this is just one word of, of about 10 synonyms used for the word of God in Psalm 119. Here's some of the others. Law, way, commandments, precepts, word, judgment, statutes, truth, ordinances. And it says here, your testimonies are wonderful. This is present tense. Not they, they were okay. Not they will be. They are right now, this day, wonderful for your life. Yesterday's paper is yesterday's news. It's old. It's pretty much out of date. It's immediately irrelevant. God's word, never out of date. Never, never irrelevant. It's life-changing, applicational accuracy each and every day of your life. God's Word is alive. That's why some of you sit there and after service you come up to me and say, Did you bug my house? How'd you know that about my family right now? I'm like, I don't know anything. I'm just preaching the Word of God and God's Word and God's Spirit working you over, bud. That's, that's, it's It's alive. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And some of you will be pierced this morning. As you hear the word of God preached, the sword is going to go into your soul. And God will even twist it sometimes to get your attention. As far as the division of soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God is going to mess with your mind this morning. He's going to talk to your heart this morning. That is the power of the living word of God. It is wonderful. It is amazing. It is astounding. It's not like other books. Uh, Other books, they lose their luster. They even wear on the body and on the mind. Ecclesiastes 12.12. Beyond this, my son, be warned. The writing of many books is what? It's endless. And excessive devotion to books is what? Wearying to the body. The Bible is never wearying. It's always wonderful. Unknown Someone said this, the Bible is the only book whose author is always present when one reads it. Just stop and think about that. Every time you read the scriptures, God is present with you. It is full of wonder, the scriptures. Beautiful poetry, fearful prophecy, intimate love stories, epic battles, rich history, thought-provoking humor, great triumphs, heart-wrenching tragedies. The Bible has it all. Comfort, conviction, encouragement, exhortation, wisdom, wonder, promises that are deeply personal and practical. This guy coming next week, I want you to think about Scott Carroll, and I want you to get excited about this. He's an expert in ancient languages, archaeology, religion, ancient manuscripts, and he's bringing ancient artifacts and scrolls of the Bible with him, probably millions of dollars worth of manuscripts. He is one of the world's foremost scholars on ancient biblical texts. By the way, he helped retailer Hobby Lobby acquire more than 30,000 items, artifacts, for the Green Collection, one of the largest private collections of rare biblical texts and artifacts in the world. That's who's going to be with us next, next week. Come with eyes open and ears ready to hear and understand the authenticity of the holy word of God and what you hold in your hands and what you read when you open up the scriptures. This book is wonderful. So wonderful, it is worthy of our obedience. In verse 129, therefore my soul observes them. I've got to obey the word of God. I'd be the biggest fool in the world 
not to obey this wonderful word. So commit your life to following its every teaching and strive with all your soul to keeping its every principle. And not only is it wise, it is proof that you love God. For those who truly love God will obey the word of God. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and disclose myself to him. Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him and will come to him and make our abode with him. 1 John 5, 3, and this is the true, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are what? They're, they're not burdensome. They're not a burden. They're a blessing. And they lead to so much blessing in our life. If you truly love God, there's a sure sign of your love. And that's you're a person of the word of God. And you follow it, and you love it, and you obey it. Don't play games with God and tell him that you love him if you do not obey his word. Why the word? It's a supernatural wonder. Look at verse 130. Why the word? It enlightens the mind. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. Unfolding means disclosure of your word, the opening up of your word, the truth that is revealed, and it gives light. Think of a man or a woman in a, in a dark cave, and, and they can't make things out clearly, and they don't know where to go, and they're, they're kind of just feeling their way around in the dark, and then a lantern comes on. Think about it. Picture, now, lantern, boom. It makes all the difference in the world. That, that dark cave, all of a sudden you can see. Uh, there's, there's no longer feeling your way around, but now you know dark corners are illuminated. The passageway is revealed. I want you to think about this. How many people are feeling their way around through life? They don't have a clue. They're in this cave of confusion. How am I going to make my marriage work? And what do I do with my children? And how do I handle my finances? And what do I do about my anger and my temper? And how do I deal with somebody gossiping about me? And they're just groping around in the dark. Turn on the light and open your Bible. The answers are there. Why are you groping around in this cave of confusion, Christian? Why are you feeling your way around in life, unbeliever? God says, turn on my light. Take my lantern. It's there before you, the picture of the open Bible. Think about it. It just illuminates. It just it shines and enlightens is what the scriptures do. It's light that floods our mind and with instruction and insight and light that shines in the darkest corners of the recesses of our brain. And, and we begin to understand what to do and, and we start to understand what to say. And now we can take steps forward in the direction we need to go. Psalm 119, 105. Your lamp, your word is a lamp to my feet and a what? It's a light to my path. Would you pick up the light? Would you open it up? Would you start reading it every single day? Why grope around one day and then have light the next day? You can have light every single day. You turn on lights in your house every day. You don't say, well, today I'm just going to go without lights. You'd be a fool. Why do you do that spiritually? Today I'm going to go without the light of God's word. That's foolish. Turn on the lights 
every single day. Take a hold of the light of God and read it and study it and let him shine the way. God's word gives light. God's word gives understanding, it says, to the simple. Understanding is teaching and revealing of truth and instruction. No other book can do what the Bible can do. Sometimes I get tired of people saying, well, you've got to read this book, and you've got to read this book, and you've got to read that book. You know what? You need to read the book. You need to read the book. That's not to discredit other books, but you need to read the book, the best book. Charles Spurgeon, when speaking of John Bunyan, the author of Pilgrim's Progress, said these amazing words about his friend. Why, this man is a living Bible. Prick him anywhere, his blood is bibbling. The very essence of the Bible flows from him. He cannot speak without quoting a text, for his very soul is full of the word of God. You know what? I want my blood to be type O positively Bible. How about you? That's what I want. I want, I want somebody to prick me, man, and blah, scripture comes out. I mean, I, I want a verse for everything. I want to be able to point to scripture. Be O positively bibbling, okay? O positive Bible, that's what I want. It gives understanding to the simple is what it says here. The world is filled, filled with smart, dumb people. They're intellectual idiots, Sorry. They know so much about so many things, and they know so little about what's important. That's the world we live in. They got their sports team and their stats, and they've got movie trivia down and popular TV shows. Who cares? Who cares? They know so little about the Word of God and all of its wisdom. There is hope for the simple. There is hope for fools. It gives understanding to the simple. Listen carefully. For some of us here today, 2015 was a year of foolishness. Last year was a year of foolishness. You made foolish promises you should have never made. You made foolish financial decisions that got you in trouble. You made these foolish relational commitments that never had God's blessing in that relationship. You followed the foolish advice of family members or friends. Let's face it, some of us made real fools of ourselves last year. Let's leave the foolishness of 2015 behind. Amen. Let's leave it behind. And let's have 2016 be a year of incredible insight and understanding that only God's word can give us. Why the word? It's a supernatural wonder. Why the word? It it enlightens the mind. Why the word? Look at verse 131 and 132. It satisfies the soul. I opened my mouth wide and panted. I longed for your commandments. Turn to me, be gracious to me after the manner with those who love your name. There's nothing like it, nothing else that will ever satisfy And it's a picture of of a deer being hunted, being chased. And this this animal is exhausted and and tired and in need of rest. And this deer is panting and longing for water. Some of you in this room are exhausted. You're worn out. You're wearing down. It's as if this world is chasing you and hunting you. And your soul is empty. And you're hurting And you need to hear from God. 
You need to hear from God. You need to thirst from, for God. And, and, and you're tired of the lies and you're hungry for the truth. That's what God's word will give you. Job 23, 12. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. It's God's word that'll make the difference. You can skip a meal and trust me, you'll be fine. Some of you are just fine as you are. But you're not fine spiritually because you're never partaking of spiritual food. God's word satisfies. The Lord Jesus, quoting Deuteronomy 8, when he's tempted in the wilderness, said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's God's word that satisfies my soul. It sustains my soul. It nourishes my soul. Nothing else satisfies like God's word satisfies. There's all kinds of junk food out there. The junk food of empty entertainment. The junk food of the latest, greatest self-help book. The junk food of artificial fake relationships and knowing people and connections and politics and playing up to people. The, the junk food of de the deception of, if I just had more money, everything would be fine. No, it's not. The psalmist longs for a relationship with God. Look at verse 132. Turn to me, be gracious to me. He's saying, turn to me. How many little boys and little girls say these words? Daddy, watch me. Daddy, watch me. Daddy, come here. Daddy, watch me. They seek dad's approval. They seek dad's favor. Those little children seek dad's, dad's blessing. Abba, Father, watch me. I need you. I want your favor. I want your blessing. Please turn to me. Don't turn away from me. Show grace to me. Be gracious to me, it says. In other words, this world is so cruel. This world is so harsh. I need the grace of God. Don't you need the grace of God? You're not going to find it in this world. You will find it with your heavenly Father. Open up his word. Let him speak to you this love letter that he's written to you. Read it and read it and read it again. After your manner with those who love your name, grace is always bestowed on those who love him. Why your word? It's a supernatural wonder. It enlightens the mind. It satisfies the soul. Why your word? Look at verse 133. It guards against sin. It guards against sin. Establish my footsteps in your word. And do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. He wants scripture to have dominion over his life. Establish my footsteps certain and secure and firm and fixed. And, you know, obviously... I run a lot, and running shoes, you got to have the right running shoes. I, I run into these people, no pun intended, um, that, that want to start running. And, and, well, I went to Dick's, and I got this pair. No, it's not how you start running. You, your shoes are so important. The feet are so important. You got to have the right size and the right support. Do you, do, you, do you need neutral shoes or stability shoes or motion control shoes? And you're thinking, I never even knew there were three different ones. Yeah, there are. It depends what, whether what your gait is like and, and if you pronate or not. And you just don't buy a pair off the rack. Well, I got them really cheap. They were 25 but Who cares? And obviously, once you get the right shoes, they got to fit right and be secure and tied and double knotted. And if you're serious about running, you got to get serious about your shoes. 
If you're serious about living for God, you got to get serious about the scriptures. See, some of you are playing at living for God. Well, I'll pull my Bible off the rack and look at it real quick. No, no. you're going to get serious about living for God or you're going to stay, just keep playing a game. God wants to know. Well, I'm a church. That doesn't mean a thing. Are you serious? Not just Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're going to be serious about running? You've got to get serious about the shoes. You're going to be serious about living for God? You better get serious about the scriptures, about the word of the living God. You want to be in step with the scriptures. Every decision in your life governed by the word of God. Every direction in life coinciding with the Bible. Uh, your walk lining up with the word of God. And it's easy to slip and fall in this world. A group of us ran yesterday over icy trails in Oswego. We go down by the river, Sawiki. It's just all ice-covered at spots. You say, you run those? Yeah, we run them. You get out there and you enjoy God's creation. You maybe take off to the side a little bit and you're just careful and you just run them. You run uphill on the ice? Yep. You run downhill? Yep. You just run it, whatever it is. It's not easy to run on ice. It's not easy to live in this world. There's a lot of hazards on the trails of this life. It's easy to slip into sexual immorality with a coworker or a neighbor. It's easy to slip into lying and deceiving your parents or your customers. It's easy to slip into cheating at school. It's easy to slip into stealing at work. The word of God will help you not slip. Your steps have to be firmly established in the word of the living God. It's protection from sin's dominion. Do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Dominion means control, lordship, authority, rule. You know what he's saying? I do not want to bow to any sin. And some of you here today have been bowing to certain sins. That sin of pornography has become your master. The sin of gluttony has become your lord. The sin of stealing is controlling you. The sin of, and you write it in. Why are you bowing to any sin? Why? God has set you free, believer. Order your world, your life, your every day according to the scriptures. And do not bow to that immorality and do not bow to that pride and do not bow to that anger and do not bow to that greed. Bow to God and God alone. The word of God is your protection. The word of God is your ammunition. Jesus, when tempted in that wilderness three times in Matthew 4, it is written. It is written. It is written. When you are tempted, do you quote scripture? Do you even know the scripture that correlates with the sin that you struggle with? Make that your goal this year. Just Google it. Scripture to help with. Boom. You'll have a whole list. Bible verses 4, write it in. Nobody else needs to know about it and start memorizing it. Get an accountability person, memorize scripture with them. Get into the word of God. Psalm 119.9, how can a young man keep his way pure? Impossible, right? No, by keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I've sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not, what? Sin against you. 
Why the word? It's a supernatural wonder. It enlightens the mind. It satisfies the soul. It guards against sin. One more thing. It's the precious truth of God. Psalm 119, verse 134 through 136. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of water because they do not keep your law. It is so precious to the psalmist that he longs to keep it. David knew what it was like to be hunted by an ungodly king, Saul. David knew what it was like to be driven from his kingdom and his own country by his son, Absalom. He's saying, redeem me from the oppression of men. He knew what it was like to be oppressed by men. He wanted nothing to stand in the way of his obedience. No distractions, no hindrances, but complete focus on following God. That's what I want in life, God. Give me complete focus on following you. That's his prayer. So precious, he longs to keep it. So precious is the word of God, he longs to learn it. Look at verse 135. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. He calls himself a servant. He's humble. He's unassuming. He knows he's nobody special. He's the king. Shine, wanting the favor of God. Shine, seeking the blessing of God. What would that blessing be? I I want more money. I want safety. I want to improve this test score. I want warmer temperatures. I want help to win this game. No. Well, what's he asking for? I want to learn. He equated favor and blessing from God with learning the word of God. Is that what you pray when you ask for God's blessing? God, I want your blessing. I want to understand the Bible. God, I want your favor. I want to understand and learn Scripture. He equated the blessing of God here with understanding and learning the Word of God. Teach me your Word. Make that your prayer when you come to church. Don't come in those doors and start criticizing, oh, I don't like that song, oh, who's sitting in my seat? No, why don't you just pray and say, God, would you teach me something? Because I'm so full of myself that sometimes I get in the way of learning. Would you pray for the message? God, teach me your word this morning. Would you pray for me as I preach? God, be with Pastor Scott as he opens up the word. I hate when he steps on my toes, but I know it's good for me. Pray for the pastor. Pray for the word. Pray for the work of the spirit through his word. Pray. And by all means, make sure you come to church eager to hear the word and taught the word. Get to church no matter what. No more lame excuses, Christian. I love this picture. Some of you saw this on my Facebook page. This is a church in the Philippines. They didn't care if it was flooding in their church or not. That is awesome. Talk about going to church come hell or high water. That's it. No flood going to dampen their faith. I'm telling you that. Wow. Our family watched War Room last week. How many of you saw War Room? Watch that movie. It's on demand right now. It's at Redbox. Go get it. There's a line Miss Clara tells, uh, or Elizabeth tells Miss Clara that she only attends church occasionally. Miss Clara, this godly old woman, says these words. You say you only attend church occasionally. Is that because your preacher only preaches occasionally? I want you to know my preaching isn't occasional, so don't make your presence occasional. The preaching in this church is not occasional, so don't make your presence occasional. 
Church is not to be an occasional occurrence. Make church a consistent happening. So precious he longs to keep it. So precious he longs to learn it. So precious his heart breaks for it. Look at verse 136. My eyes shed streams of water because they do not keep your law. He's heartbroken. When is the last time we were heartbroken? Heartbroken. Not little droplets of tears, but eyes swollen with sadness. He, He starts with the wonder over the beauty of the word of God, and he ends with weeping over the breaking of the word of God from all to anguish. Why is he heartbroken? Spurgeon put it this way. He wept in sympathy with God to see the holy law despised and broken. He wept in pity for men who were thus drawing down upon themselves the fiery wrath of God. A sadness as they dishonor God and disdain his ever-wise, perfect, perspective word. Look, we look at our culture, we look at our nation, we, we look at the leaders, and we see what they're doing. They're disdaining the word of God, and it breaks our heart. And, and not only that, we, we watch lives being destroyed as they disregard the counsel of God. If only they had listened to God. Look what happened to their marriage. There was no need for adultery. All he had to do was be faithful to the vows. Look what happened to his business. He got so greedy. Look what happened to their children. Look what happened. They didn't follow the word of God and hearts break. We make life so much more complicated than it needs to be. It's as easy as following the directions. My daughter got a Lego Cinderella castle. Here's a picture of it. She finished it up. She was all excited. I was amazed. She opened it up and just opened the packages and just put it all together. Yeah, right. She turned page after page of those directions to a T and she stayed right at it. And wow, look what happens when you follow the directions. Your life is so much more intricate than a Cinderella Lego castle. Stop guessing at life. Some of you just throw the directions aside. And you just go every day, every week, every month guessing at life. No wonder your castle looks like, boy, it's bad. It don't look anything like a castle. It's just a, it's just a clump of stuff on top of each other and it's messy. Some of you have a really messy life because you don't know how to follow the directions. And it's time to start following the directions for your marriage, for your parenting, for your finances, for your relationships, for every aspect of your life. Start getting into the word of God. It's as easy as as reading a proverb a day. 31 proverbs, about 31 days in most months. The wisdom of the word of God, let it start to penetrate your mind, your heart, your soul, your life. Get into the word of God. Stop guessing at life and start following God's directions. Let your heart break over those around you you see that are not doing that and make sure your life doesn't break. Get into the word of God. So much needless pain, so much needless sorrow. Have respect for God's word and follow God's word. Why the word of God? Say it with me. It's a supernatural wonder. It enlightens the mind. It satisfies the soul. 
It guards against sin, and it's the precious truth of God. Let's pray. You who are believers in Jesus Christ, just talk to your Lord right now. Make a commitment to turn on the lights every single day. No more feeling your way and guessing your way through life. Confess to God that you've been disdaining his word. That you've been ignoring it. Give him praise for the firm foundation that he's given you in the holy word of God. Give him thanks for those promises that you've clung to and he's been faithful to. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You may be here this morning and you have never come to faith in Jesus Christ. You've been a religious person or you go to church from time to time and God has spoken to you today. You didn't realize how important the scriptures are. You didn't realize how important the Bible is. You didn't realize the difference God can make in your life. And today, everything can change. But it starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It starts with repenting of sin. Asking God to forgive you of all your sin. And you may say, Scott, what do I say? What do I do? In the quietness of your heart, I just ask you to call out to God in faith. Just use words like these. Lord Jesus, I need you. Lord, I need you in my life. I've messed so many things up. Please forgive me for all my sin. I don't want to live foolishly. I want to live wisely. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for loving me that much. Lord, I place my faith in you to save me. I can't save myself. Forgive me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.